love the British monarchy, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily Podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Mm-hmm. Well, when it, you know, you talk about Prince Harry, he had to have grown up with the understanding of how sacred the family history is. It really is just so fascinating. And I mean, I want to believe that he has an, a real understanding of it. I do understand that Megan was not as interested in it. She basically told us so during the Oprah interview. I didn't, you know, I didn't do my research. I didn't understand what was expected of me. Were you at all appalled that they were at the Beyonce concert, just like losing their minds the day that Muhammad Al-Fayed died? I know Harry has recently studied Muhammad Al-Fayed and his conspiracies or his concerns around the death of his son, Dodi and Diana. Um, we're going to see some of that in the crown coming up, but it was bizarre to me because I knew that Harry knew that Muhammad had died that day and it just felt, and Diana, it was the anniversary of Diana's death just a few days before. And so I just thought, what a weird time to go to the Beyonce concert and, and go crazy because those are the headlines that were stealing all of the front pages and then they got bumped for Harry and Meghan at the Beyonce concert. It just felt so weird to me. It did. And I, you know, I think that he had a, a very bad time. Not, you know, just, I don't really want to be here. Maybe he doesn't even know any Beyonce songs. <laughs> and then, and then Meghan went a couple of days later, right. Or the next day um, yeah. to, to go watch the concert again. I get when Meghan says I wasn't prepared. I kind of get that, you know, you, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but like AJ Langer, you know, she's getting divorced. Yes. Um, my so-called life. Yes. Yeah. And she was in Baywatch and everything like that. But she, she was like, look, when I married my husband, you know, he, he, I met him, you know, he, and he was on a rugby tour and stuff like that. We lived in the U S we lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. We had this kind of, I think she called him a hippie feminist husband. We had this kind of life, a surfing kind of life. And then all of a sudden when his dad dies, oh my gosh, now we got to go to England. I, I have to be, you know, a countess and he's an earl and I'm just not prepared for this. Mm -hmm. And that's different because she you know, thought that, I don't think she necessarily thought it through that when dad dies, we're going to have to go to England. But they had so many years in California and had lived a certain kind of life. Right. And then all of a sudden have to go over there. That's a totally different kind of thing than Megan, who knew from the outset, okay, your life's going to change. Look at, you know, Kate, look at everybody else. Look at Diana. It's just going to change. It's but NT, I spoke to somebody recently and they told me that they met her with Harry standing next to her. And they were talking about playing polo. And she said to him, something about how dangerous polo was and how she did not want Harry playing polo anymore. She was going to limit how many games he could play a year because it was very dangerous and she was concerned for his safety. And just to hear something like that, she's coming in ready to change, ready to change things. Things are going to be on her terms. I don't know if she really looked around and thought, this is my life now. I think she thought almost immediately. And that's what I I don't know if you've read the byline report about how they're saying Charles, 
the king took away Harry and Meghan's financing for security and their one year of test, their test year in Canada when Harry refused to remove the name of an aide that allegedly was leaking stories to the sun. Um, but when I when I read that, I just thought, I don't think that that's really the case. I think Harry and Meghan planned an escape from the get-go. We know that they were talking to Quibi about commercial ventures, you know, s- small bite, bite-size movies that they can right. on their outlet. Mm-hmm. We know that they, Andrew Morton reported that they had talked to Oprah Winfrey six months after they got married about a sit-down interview. I don't know how much they were really committed to to living that lifestyle within the royal family at all. Well, I mean, I think you're the person of record for it. I think that they came to you to to ask you about it. And and you had said they they you thought that they were always going to leave no matter what. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that that's the the whole part about polo. And now I'm trying to rack my head, my brain to figure out how many times Aries played polo since they've been together. I, I think do twice. Know, I think twice. maybe twice. And this is somebody who played with William. And didn't he look happiest when he got to go? with Nacho and go watch a bunch of polo, you know, and just got to hang out with his polo buddy friend. Right. And I mean, that is the happiest I've seen him was when he got to do that away from Megan and got to go do this and travel around the world and hang out with his buddy and hang out with other people who are playing polo and drink beer or whatever. That's the happiest. And at some point I think he's going to go, huh, you know, that makes me happy going to these concerts and whatever we're doing because it feels like it's very rudderless maybe that's a good word for oh it. that is the mm. best word for it. i i use i typically use the word frivolous but rudderless is amazing i'm stealing it <laughs> that's fine because it's like okay or you could even say let's just throw something at the wall and see what sticks but they don't have and it's shocking because william morris endeavor is the biggest agency in the world and they're they they would probably be going Okay, this is what you need to do. And maybe the strike interfered with it a little bit because there's no projects going on or anything like that. They can't really, you know, but it's over now. The strike's over. Mm-hmm. So now they, they can get back to work on it and start casting or or whatever they're going to do. But what are we going to see them do over the next three or four months? Okay, going to go to some concerts, going to hang out with our rich friends. It just feels all pointless. Well, and I'm actually <clears throat> concerned for the brand PR wise over the next two months, because from what we've seen leaked, they are going to go into the hairy Nazi costume in the crowns season six, part two. And in the midst of basically we're on the verge of world war three, Jewish people are terrified to leave their homes everywhere. I just think, are we, are you going to open up this story to an entirely new generation that might be a little bit more unforgiving um, so, so when you said to me that they do this thing on Remembrance Day or around Remembrance Day um, every year, I thought, oh, you know what, he's absolutely right. Because I was under the impression that he might be putting himself out there a little bit more in the charity circuit to try to drown out the po- the potential negative feedback he could get from the Crown season six, which is wildly produced and 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 published by his own employers. Yeah. Now the only scene that I've seen was the guy like carrying the, the newspaper photos or whatever. Yeah. The stack of newspapers. Yeah. 
I, I haven't. So if it's limited to that and then maybe talking about it, maybe he can scoop by. Right. Uh, I believe, wasn't there some kind of explanation that didn't well, try and throw somebody it, under the bus? Yes, you know, William that, and Catherine. He okay, tries to right, throw okay. William and Catherine <laughs> under the bus and spare out of nowhere. He says that they encouraged it. And I'm just like, really? Do you take do, do you take accountability for anything? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that that was. Uh, and, you know, spare is kind of like. Like it's one shot, right? To just really go after it and spare. Fine. It, it had, you know, good sales. Financial success. Yes. But where do you go from there? There's only so many times that you can play the victim. Mm -hmm. well, I, well, like looking at looking back at 2023, we've had multiple conversations now about this year. And, you know, if we were looking at a timeline, Spare comes out January, Megan signs with William Morris Endeavor in April. So at the beginning of the year, things are really looking up. Then Spotify happens, you know, at some point in time, Samantha Markle sues her sister. Uh, South Park happens, Family Guy, which is not as bad as South Park, but still kind of, I'm sure, a blow to the ego. Would you, just reflecting on the last year for the Sussexes, consider this a really bad year for them? Or would you go, yeah, what, you know, whatever. It's like a roller coaster. Or are you looking at it saying they have got to pick up the slack in 2024? Yeah, I think that when you have and maybe they thought like, because oh, Oman's book was supposed to come out in August, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So maybe they thought, okay, this and this and this, and then that'll keep us going because everybody's going to talk about the book and whatever. So it's kind of in a way a sequel to Spare, right? Because mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna portray everybody in the royal family other than Meghan and Harry um, as awful. Yeah. So that was kind of gonna okay. That's gonna take us through August, and then we're October, and then we can go. You know, and maybe the strike will be over by then because the strike, you know, everybody's been striking the writers and actors for for seven months. So we can go do we can start our project and they haven't been able to do anything like that. It started off. It started off. Well, you have to plan ahead. You have to say, OK, well, what are we what are our plans for, you know, three months out, six months out, a year out? And again, going back to the rudderless thing, and now it's going to be stuck in my head. It just doesn't feel it feels like they are just paddling and paddling and just but they don't have a plan mm -hmm. <clears throat> i know and i like build an imaginary plan in my head for them all the time i think you know i hear harry's got a book deal and i go this is great he's going to be a motivational speaker he's going to talk about how he overcame the death of his mother and look how he's you know so positive and uplifting on the other side and then he releases a book where he's just crapping on his family the entire time and i'm like no that's such a missed opportunity um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like, where are you guys going? This is a, a never ending maze of chaos. And so Harry, you know, going to your motivational speaker thing, he could go do that. He really could go do that. I yeah. don't think he has any interest in doing it. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily got the right personality to get up in front of a thousand people or 2000 people. He's not Tony Robbins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, okay, well, let's say he can, you know, just, he can putter around the house or something. Fine. But then what's Megan going to do? Because Megan is, okay, well, I want to be one of the most powerful female producers in Hollywood. And then one of the more powerful producers, period. Okay, well, you got a whole lot of people above you. Yeah. 
and you don't have any experience, you don't have the history. So is somebody, is some company going to give you a hundred million dollar budget for you to go make a movie? So this is, you know, how it's going to start. We're going to do this, but she just doesn't have that experience. What do you think about these claims that Megan's working on a book? This is Tom Bauer reporting this. I'm crazy about Tom Bauer, but just like you just said, what, what experience does she have to me? Look at the Britney Spears book. Britney had um, a problem. She was in a 13 year conservatorship. So the, you know, the, the happy ending was I got out of the conservatorship. I'm free now. I feel good. There's no climax for Megan. If she writes a book, there's no happily ever after I met a prince. We both changed our phone numbers. None of us talked to our family. We have no friends. Like what's, what could a climax of a Meghan Markle book be today? Don't you need, if, if, if the theme is you are this woman that becomes a princess, don't you need that happily ever after that happy ending? I don't think it exists right now. I think it's unwritten. It is unwritten. And I think that what I've heard is, and maybe it was from Tom Bauer, but it's going to be split up kind of the same way as Harry's. But where's her, like Princess Diana moment where somebody died? Where's that? Where's the exit? You know, is she going to say, oh, you know, while I exited with him, it's not the same because Harry grew up with it. Right. So, so you don't have that same kind of thing. I guess her happy ending would be, I produce this movie for Netflix. I'm a successful producer now. I, I run a successful <laughs> yeah. business. Um, you know, something like that. Um, I Is she going to talk about her previous marriages? Oof, I doubt it. I doubt that. Is she going to talk about her dad? Yes. So she, we know she's going to trash her dad. Yeah. She's not going to trash her mom. Nope. Are, are we going to talk about anything that mom and dad did? Did are we going to find out that one of them did go to prison? Yeah. Well, big um, question mark. You know, are we going to find out about what happened at Northwestern in the sorority? Are we? I doubt it. Oh, it's guess going- what? I, I I have um. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I did. I have one of my doctors here. His wife went to school with her at Northwestern. And I said to him, was she nice? And he said quickly, like very quickly, no. And I said, oh, well, that disappoints me because like I do, I I liked her at the beginning. I want her to, I want all of these stories to be wrong because I am, I loved them when they first came on the scene. So I was like, oh, well, that disappoints me to hear. And he said, she was strikingly beautiful in school and everybody felt like she was going to do something with herself, but she also acted like she was beautiful and going to do something with herself. So she really didn't give other people the time of day. And I said, well, that's pretty disappointing to hear, but, um, you know, I guess I'm not too surprised based on all the stuff we've heard so far. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested in that kind of stuff, but much like the Britney book, um, which was written by a friend of mine, um, oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Sam Lansky, who used to, who's written a couple books from by himself, has got some movies adapted from it, wrote for Time Magazine for a long time, was the editor of their entertainment page. He wrote it. You can't find his name on there anywhere, but he's the one who wrote it. And but when and you can tell that it's not Brittany because, you know, Brittany speaks in a certain way and writes in a certain way. And you can tell, OK, somebody's really messed with these quotes. And then you can yeah. tell when it's Brittany. But the point is that that Brittany in this, and we know that there's a lot of things that she didn't want to talk about that she omits because yeah. you always want to make yourself look good 
in a biography that you're the one who's writing it. Right. So with Megan, what's she going to do? She's going to, I think that's going to be, yeah, you know, I struggled because I was raised by a single mom. You know, my dad didn't really care, although he paid for Northwestern. Um, and you know, all these things and every guy that I met and, you know, it just wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, you know, I met Harry and my life changed. And then I realized he lived in a toxic environment and we had to get him out of there. And it was really super hard, but he listened to me and relied on me. And I'm the one who helped him leave and break away from, you know, the horrible Royal family. She's going to be the hero. Ah, I see. Wow. And that's actually a lot we hear from when Harry was doing press for spare. We heard that a lot like him. And I guess in the Netflix series, he really does elevate her up to be aside from Princess Diana 2.0, the hero of the story that she swooped in and saved the day. And just like when he credits her for a therapy and it's like, well, that's we have receipts that say William is the one that actually initiated you going to therapy, not Megan, how wildly inaccurate your story has become. This is why I can't get over whenever, because it was before Megan, you had Harry, William and Kate all living together. And whenever you see like pictures of Kate and Harry from that time period, they're always laughing. There's never a time where he looks distressed, sad, anything like that. It just nope. he always looks like he has having the best time of his life with his sister-in-law. Yeah. And all of a sudden it goes from that to I got to get out of here and I hate my family and I'm going to write about them in a book. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. The only thing that changed was the addition of Megan. Seems totally healthy, right? I did want to ask you off topic. I had somebody message me after listening to our last podcast to ask me what your opinion of Jada Pinkett Smith was. And I said, I'll have to ask him. Uh, giving off some Meghan Markle vibes, if I do say so myself. There's a lot of embellishment in Jada's life. Oh. Um, okay. Tupac never asked her to marry him. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? You, like, you said he, it was gross to kiss him, but he wants to marry you? Like what? Jada didn't go visit him in jail. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've talked about everything in in that book. Uh, just if she okay, so we've been separated for all these years. Then how come everybody's you know wearing their wedding rings? And it's just like oh, I don't I don't want to talk about the the guy that you know that I had the affair with August Elsina. I don't want to talk about um, Will, and it's just it's just somebody that is also looking for attention in a way. But just I'm the hero. You know, I tried to save Tupac. Oh, I was going to commit suicide. And then um, Jaden saved me from it. Really? Wow. When was this? The dude was like nine years. And she goes, well, no, he didn't save me. But he told me about psychedelics and everything and and, and that he had liked them. And so, OK, well, when what year was this? OK, well, Jaden was nine then or 10 or 11, whatever. Oh, so how is he going to know about that? Then <clears throat> we don't really hear about Willow and the, the picture of Willow Smith when she's 13 or something and she's in bed with a topless 20 year old guy or whatever yeah. and you know i don't know and we don't hear about her little ties to, to scientology at all and how they opened up the, the scientology like school i don't know yeah oh my god well just similar to what you were saying it's all going to be flattering towards her right because it's her memoir yeah but i just the so good stuff ain't in there no the good stuff done. And like everybody, there's a lot of people who um, have, you know, said bad things about it. I just, hmm, 
I think like Rick Ross said something like she's psychologically lost and she needs some counseling. Wow. And and then it's like, okay, and you're saying that you haven't been with Will Smith in six years, you haven't had sex in six years. Okay. I want you to go back and find a 2016, 17 interview with Jada Pinkett Smith. I guarantee you 100% that she talked about what an incredible sex life she has with Will Smith. Yeah. Um, every single article, every single interview that she ever did for a decade was, oh my gosh, we we have sex everywhere. We can't stop having sex. We have sex everywhere in the house. We have sex so many times a day. And then it comes to the book and like, oh, we haven't had sex in six or seven years. And okay, there's what? something just not right. Why is she releasing this book now? What's the what's the point? I mean, it, it was it to it clearly was not to save Will Smith's reputation because I feel like she humiliates him at every turn. I think it was to capitalize on the slap. Wow. How sad. I mean, just totally shameless. Yeah, I, I just think that. And and when she says something like, oh, I think she's the one who said it. Um, I thought it was a skit or something like that. And because Will and I, you know, he hasn't called me his wife in however long. I'm like, yes, he has. Yes, he you has. Know, I know. Just like, and so when he went up there and slapped, I was like, what is this coming from? Because we have, yes, if somebody had asked her on the red carpet earlier that night, what do you what do you think of your husband being nominated? And probably somebody did, but nobody's bothered to to make the effort. And she'd probably say, you know, my husband, I'm so proud of his role, you know, um, in this and, you know, Venus and Serena, I'm really proud of him. And I, I hope my husband wins. I guarantee you she would say something like that. But then in the book, oh, well, we didn't call each other husband and wife. It's wild. It's wild. All right. Do we have anything else, Harry and Megan related that we should um that we should mention any bombs you'd like to drop before we wrap up. I don't think that there's any bombs. I'm waiting for the book to come out, obviously. And I think that there will be a lot of bombs and I think there'll be a lot to talk about. Uh, but I don't know. Is this Omid's, be... is this Omid's or Megan's? Omid's book. Okay. Um, But I don't think that there will be a lot of revelations and it, it it's going to be interesting to see, if it's like his his last book where you could tell that it you know was came from Megan, although Megan denied it under oath, and then said, "Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I did tell one of my assistants that you know they could brief on it on whatever." So okay, how um, funny! Like your list in your head, you have her statement saying that she did not contribute to the book in any way, shape, or form, but you are reading about the exact yoga pose she's doing when she's on vacation with Prince Harry, wondering how the hell did Omid did Omid like bribe an elephant? How does he know what yoga pose she's doing? <laughs> so I, I wonder like where the sourcing came from this stuff, and and Omid's out there just taking shots, you know the whole. King Charles and Camilla, the red carpet in Kenya. And then he goes, Oh, this is awful optics, awful optics. Actually, I thought it was a pretty picture. But yeah. then, but then five minutes later, somebody goes, Oh, you mean like when Harry and Meghan were walking on a red carpet on this grass right here? It's just, <clears throat> and honestly, if it had been Harry and Meghan in Kenya on a red carpet, Oma would say something like, isn't that the most beautiful picture? That That's why I, everybody that's asked me to come on their show, they're like, should King Charles be concerned about this? And I said, not really, because I don't know how much credibility this guy has. If you love Harry and Meghan, you're already on the crazy train and you're going to buy this book. But if you are critical of Harry and Meghan, you're going to be critical of anything he Omid says, and you're probably not going to believe it. I, I don't think that historically there's going to be any significant dings in this particular book. 
I just don't think there's anything left to say between his last book and spare. What more do we have to say? Yeah. And for him to um, say that he had access to Royals for this book, I mean, well, it's obviously either Harry, Meghan, or in my, in my in my personal opinion, Princess Eugenie, because she's the only one that's still close to them. So I feel like she's the only one that might be likely to talk. I think 100 percent it's Eugenie. So I, I just 100 percent, 100 percent. And um, yeah. And so if they talk to her and remember how much like they were hanging out over the last year together they just went on vacation to portugal with her right wasn't yeah, that yeah yeah so then oh do you need a little extra okay well we'll talk to her and then she can talk to you and then we can say no we didn't we didn't help omen at all right <laughs> right and the well well let's get together after that book comes out and kind of rehash some of this stuff if you don't mind i'd love to do that i do not mind at all i'm always happy to do it kenzie Thank you so much for your time today. How can everybody keep up with you? Um, you know, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash NTLawyer, um, crazydaysandnights.net. I don't really do a ton of social media, but I am at NTLawyer on all social media. Perfect. Well, I'll talk to you again so soon. And thanks for your time today. Take care. 